Cam and Rhea are not here tonight, uh, so if that's what you were expecting, kick rocks, buddy. Woo! <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks. Thank you for a little support. I'm here, you know, and I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, happy Memorial Day weekend, you guys. It's starting early this time. We're starting on Tuesday. Just, uh, just a mere four days before the proper weekend kicks off. I like to slide right into Memorial Day weekend. It's going to be an unforgettable Memorial Day. That's irony of it. I'm excited for it because we live in a cool time where it's like, where Donald Trump's going to get impeached like soon. Like you can like taste it. Like, like, like your neighbor's barbecuing. You're like, mm, that smells, that smells good. I'm going I'm to pop over there with a couple cold ones. Maybe try to get some of whatever the fuck they're cooking. It smells good. People say not to get too excited about it. They're like, don't think, don't, don't expect him to get impeached. Don't, don't get too excited about it. But then you just see Melania just like slapping his hand all over the Middle East. Just like, get the fuck, get the fuck away from me. It is almost over. Get the, get the fuck, get the fuck off of me. We're on the tarmac. I'm not touching you. I live in another city from you. Who stole my child from you. I'm going to fucking hold your hand here. Fuck, fuck you, buddy. I'm wearing my wrestling belt right now. I'm not going to fucking hold your hand. <laughs> fucking idiot. Oh, man, she's got the tightest little hand slap. Oh, my God. Did make me feel bad for a poor little bear and imagine that sweet little hand trying to get a cookie and do that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Still child abuse. Even, even if he's going to grow up to be a lecherous beast, we still have to protect him as a child. It's not easy. Times are tough right now. I was walking up here. I walked past the Fresh Brothers Pizza. You guys are were right around there. Times are times are so tough, so tough. They have their TVs, and I've never seen this. They just put them in the window. They're two big screen TVs facing out of the restaurant. Not even entertaining the people enjoying Fresh Brothers. They're just like, this is for. Let's be honest. None of you can afford cable anymore. Just come in. We have, we have afforded cable still. You may come and enjoy our cable. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, more for everybody that's here, but um, for the people on the podcast, you know, you can pick up later. But, uh, I just want to get this announcement out of the way uh, straight up from the top so I'll let you guys know that I am not a neo-Nazi. Yep, that's right. Yeah, I always like to test how liberal we are in the old bubble, you know? (laughs) 
when a guy comes up here looking this Aryan saying that he's not a neo-Nazi, you goddamn clap for him, all right? People have been trying to get me to be a neo-Nazi. Oh, they would love it. (laughs) Nope. I'm I'm so much not a Nazi that my mustache doesn't grow in the middle, all right? Even my even my mustache area is like don't no 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 not the not with that fat German face you can't have a middle of the face mustache that's crazy. Um, I hate looking like a Nazi. I uh, I hate it. I've got, to, I've got to tailor my look to let everyone know I'm specifically super duper chi- sh- Okay, I do. I am kind of dressed like an undercover cop right now, and I do know that. I do know that. So shut up. Shut up. I know that. Just shut up. I was, uh, last time I got my hair cut, and the guy's like, Paul, what do you want? A one on the side? I was like, oh, shit. No. Are you kidding? Not too dapper, my friend. Mm-mm. Not these days. You can't, can't take it too tight on the side. Those neo-Nazis fucked it up for everybody. Me, Macklemore, everybody. <laughs> uh, it's never been fun looking like this, though. I'll tell you that much. Never been fun. Never been fun. Uh, the worst part before, though, was that I just exactly fit the description of the guy in Sublime's date rape song. <laughs> you see it, right? You see it now? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't try to fucking ruin Sublime for me by pointing out that I look like the guy in the date rape song. That's fucking unchill, friend. Very unchill. People hate Sublime. You notice that? Oh, it's very easy to hate Sublime these days. I get it. I get it. You know, you're not down with the coastal working class, but that's uh, that's not where you come from, and you don't understand their plight, and... You don't, you're not down with an estuary of musical styles because it's not in a box you're comfortable with. I understand that. That's fine. I myself, I come from working class coastal people. And the other day, I was, uh, I, was on the, I was up on the docks and I heard a guy, he goes, he said, I won't even put on a wetsuit unless I'm getting $20 a pound for those urchins. Yeah. Yeah, you ever broken what the real world is down by urchins per pound? All right, I bet that guy fucking loves Sublime, dude. (laughs) Pump it up. Hey, here's another thing, and I wanted to bring this up too, and I'm glad that I'm here to bring this up. Don't fall for this uh, men's romper nonsense. Don't buy it. No, this is a red herring. Don't go for this. Don't think that, don't get indignant. Don't don't be righteous about it. It's not not happening, okay? Uh, Sure, 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 on the fringes, me and my cool friends, we might wear rompers. But they're not going to end up in Nordstrom. You don't have to worry. It's a red herring put out by, of course, men to distract you from the real controversy in men's fashion that nobody's even talking about. Don't worry about it. There's plenty more back there. It's all free. I'm drinking on old Amy Poehler tonight. She's fine. Give her, you know, give her for Amy Poehler, everybody. Just, I do feel bad now. Dude. I want to work with her someday. Fuck. God damn it. It's just smearing. This jacket is not absorbent. I got it. I got it. It's on the floor. I'm not going to... I'll get that, too. It's just... Okay. I, that... Do you have any cones back? I need a cone on the stage. This is a slippery... You know what? We'll just leave that... I can't leave that there. Oh, my God. This is a... <laughs> what, was, what was I talking about? 
rompers. That's right. He's got it. Sorry, this is not going to happen again. This time now I know just to keep it dry. Fuck. Even these pants, they make the stretchy pants that they don't find. <laughs> this is okay. This is crazy. Now, I, now I'm really sorry. Rompers. Don't believe it. What's, re what's really going on, the real men's fashion situation is jogging pants. Yeah, what's the deal? Yeah, ooh, interesting. What do you mean, jogging pants, Paul? That does not make sense for me immediately. Let me talk to you about men's vanity for a second, okay? Men's vanity is a twisty, turvy, nasty little thing, and she shows her head just all the darndest little places. Men's the, men, the men jogging pants, they love them. Sure, oh, sure, sure, sure. Oh, because the material's stretchy. Oh, I like it because the material's stretchy. Oh, I like that. Get a little tight little cuff on there. You get no drag under your heels. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Very believable, but false. <laughs> the real reason men are wearing them is, of course, because the cuff at the bottom creates an air pocket up through the leg, through the calf, past the knee, past the thigh, and is giving all these men these fake dumpy butts. And that's what's really happening here, is we've got men spearheading fake dumpy butts. Oh, Paul, I'm just a chill guy. I like to eat Doritos and play video games. Oh, yeah, you fake fat-ass loser. You're nothing to nobody. You're fake, fake tiny butt. <laughs> oh, oh, the rompers. Oh, everyone look at the rompers. The rompers. Look at you, you fake flat-ass nobody from nowhere. Oh, gross. Disappointing. I mean, your reaction to that great romper joke. <laughs> but also men's behavior, typically problematic. Um, <laughs> guys are fun. <laughs> I, uh, I, was, I traveled home recently, and uh, I hate going home because everybody wants to hear a joke because I'm a comedian. They're like, tell me a joke, tell me a joke. And I fought it forever. I had a really smarmy one when I was early. It was like a, what is a... Oh, you know what? I don't even remember it. It was so dumb anyway. I'm glad I'm not going to tell it. I'm going to tell you a real joke. You guys, I'm going to tell you just a street joke. You guys ready for a great street joke? It's great. Yeah. You can tell it yourself, but always give credit to me. I don't know who wrote it, but I'm pretty sure it's me at this point. <laughs> there was a penguin driving down the street. Smart little coop. Nice little coop. Cute little penguin. Hot little day. Penguin's doing his thing. The radio. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 the car breaks down. Oh, shit. The penguin gets out, pops the hood. Flippers. He can't do fucking anything with this thing, right? He's a goddamn penguin. He looks down the road. Sure enough, lucky for him, there's a mechanic just down the road. So he's like, all right, I'm going to push this fucking coop down to the mechanic, see if he can fix it. He pushes it down. He gets there, gets the mechanic, and he goes, Fucking coop just stopped working. Can you, uh, can you take care of it? He goes, uh, yeah, 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 I'll take care of it. I'll come back around like 4.45. The penguin checks his watch. Did I mention uh, the penguin was wearing a watch? Nice little gold Casio. Vintage, ironic, very cool. He checks his watch. He goes, oh, okay, okay, I'll just go sit in your, uh, 
in your waiting room. Uh, I could really use the AC. It was hot pushing that uh, coop. Plus, I'm a penguin, so real bad for me. And the guy goes, oh, man, I'm sorry. The AC's busted. Just, uh, it's hot as hell out there. You can't, you're not going to get cold. He goes, but uh, there's a grocery store just down the street. You can go down there. Cold as hell in there. He goes, oh, that's a great idea. I'll go right down there. For sure enough. So the penguin starts off down to the supermarket, waddling as he does very quickly because it's hot, wants to get cool. Gets into the supermarket. Guess what? Nice and cold. Oh, he loves it. Oh, he loves it. Oh, it feels good. Oh, it's good. He takes a lap. He Produce, dairy, meat, all of it. He hits all the kombucha. He cruises the kombucha. <laughs> then, he, then he sees... Uh, he looks down an aisle and he sees the steam coming out of the freezer section. Holy shit. Holy shit. He did not know it could be this good. His little fat penguin ass waddles on down there. And he slips into the door. Ooh, nice and cold. Nice and nice and cold. And he lays right down, nice and smooth. Oh, this is good. This is just what I needed, just where I wanted to be. And he looks down. And he realizes he's laying on ice cream <laughs> on a hot day. A fucking penguin. Shit. He eats all eats all the ice cream, ripping open cartons. You've seen penguins eat; it's disgusting. Of course, too much dairy passed right out. We all been there. <laughs> He wakes up, uh, looks at his watch, and realizes it's 4.45. He's late to pick up the coop. He hauls ass down in the mechanic shop even faster than he hauled ass out of there. He gets right down, and you know what? The guy's closing the, he's closing the bay door. Perfect time for the penguin to use his special penguin skills. Slides in on his tummy. Cute little fat tummy. Whoo, right on in there. Mm-mm-mm. He makes it. He goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Alita. So sorry, Alita. Can I Can I hit? Can I get the coupe? Can I get my car? You know, what what happened to it? And the mechanic goes, Oh, well, it uh, looks like you blew a seal. He goes, No, it's ice cream. <laughs> yeah, it's ice cream, for sure. Come on, guys, uh, that was a great joke. It was a great joke. And I told it well. You guys are fun. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. The thunderous cheer and applause for that great street joke. Uh, yeah, get comfortable. You guys good? Get comfortable? You're comfortable? Does anybody need anything? I'm kidding. Say nothing to anybody. Uh, we, have, we have just a fantastic uh, night of comedy for you planned. And uh, I'm not going to take up any more time. I'm going to bring up your, your first performer of the night. Uh, she's, she's fantastic. She's got a great album out on Kill Rockstars. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Amy Miller, everybody. For Paul, the silly, silly boy. Thank you for coming out. You came out to see uh, just a great lineup of comics, right? Uh, so many great stand-ups. And now, what's what's this? What's happening? What's happening right now? What is this? A fun-loving second-grade teacher about to try some jokes? Huh? It's a look. Okay, I know. 
It's a look that I have. I don't know if it found me or I found the look, but it's a look that says, I'll definitely drive you to karate practice getting the Subaru. It's a look that says, I could only play a love interest to a confused little boy. Um, what? I don't know. It sucks because I can't get a cool haircut, though. I really want a cool haircut and I know that I go to a cool haircut place because I went on Yelp and I searched cool haircut place Silver Lake (laughs) and it doesn't matter they always do the same shit to me and I go in there and I'm like demanding too I'm like I need a cool stylist you know like I need like at least one Morrissey tattoo and some septum piercings or I'm walking out of here doesn't matter how cool the stylist is. She takes one look at me and my face and my outfit, and she's like, I know what you want. You want to look like Meg Ryan, and you've got mail, don't you? Yeah. She's right. It's only a look that I bring up because over my relatively short time of doing comedy, many audience members, many comics have felt it appropriate to say, oh, uh, I didn't think you were going to be funny. You don't look like a comic. I'm like, you don't look like someone I was gonna walk away from mid-conversation, but here we are, buddy. Here we are. I get that one a lot, and then I also get like, uh, like young dudes will be like, um, don't you feel weird like trying to make it in comedy when there's already a comedian with your name? I'm like, there's a comedian named Amy Miller? And they're like, no, your first name. And I'm like, oh. I don't know, Dave, do you feel weird? I don't know, Bill, do you feel weird? I don't know, fucking Ryan, Josh, Robert, Bob, Bobby, John with an H, John with no H, do you guys feel? I don't know, Arsenio, do you? No, No, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. It's a sexist question. Um, I... (laughs) I don't have any children um, uh, by choice. Mother Nature was going to choose pretty soon, but um, I beat that bitch. I don't... Well, I don't listen to her. She's like a stepmother to me, really. Um, I don't have kids by choice, and not for this reason. A lot of my peers are childless because they're like, I want to travel. (laughs) I want to sleep in, go out with the girls. And I'm like, that's cute. Um... Those are reasons, I guess. I don't know, just different for me. Uh, personally, I, like, I don't have kids because um, they come out of your body and turn into people. <laughs> you guys met people? How many of them do you love? <laughs> like, I don't have children because I don't want to push out of a hole in the only body I've ever known, like a, like a school shooter or a corn fan, you know? Um, <laughs> The band corn, not the food corn. If you love the food corn, that's fine. It's weird to love, love it, but I can't really judge what you're eating because you're my imaginary baby. I don't have children because I I think most of us are like run of the mill. We're just whatever. I include myself in that. Also, I'm a white person. You think we need more mediocre white people in the world? We're good. We're good. I don't, I just have so many fears because you don't know what kind of person you're going to have, you know? And like, okay, this is, 
here's one of the reasons that I don't have kids. This keeps me up at night. Like, so the only reason that I have this job, the only reason that comedy exists as a job is because most of the people that we know and work with are so fucking boring <laughs> that we have to put on pants, get into a car, and go to a place to have someone make us laugh. <laughs> Isn't that sad? You're at the office and fucking Janice is telling another boring story about her grandkids and you're like, Jesus Christ. You go back to your laptop and you're like, stand-up comedy, Los Angeles. Um, someone bring me joy. It's, I don't know, I just can't, I just can't be a mother. I'm too judgmental too. Like if I even had a kid that was like a little bit socially awkward, I'd be so fucking mad. Are you serious, dude? I tore up a perfectly good puss to bring you here. Just shake a hand. Look people in the eyes. I am around kids a lot, though, because I'm an aunt. I love being an aunt. Uh, but since the election, it's been, like, really interesting trying to set, like, a good moral example for my nieces and nephew, right? And uh, last time I was home, I'm from Oakland, California, and last time... Th Thank you. A couple people have been to San Francisco. That's great. Um... <laughs> My car got broken into, right? And I was like, well, it's been two months. This makes sense. We don't, we don't pay like an Oakland City tax and we just pay in like old iPods and jackets. Um, my car got broken into. My four-year-old niece was very distraught. She wanted to know who did it. And I was like, I don't know, dude. People don't usually jack all your shit and then stick around to introduce themselves. I didn't meet them. She wanted to know uh, why. Why did it happen on my street? And I was like, well, you live in a city. That's what happens when you live in a city. There's a lot of cool things about living in a city, right? Like uh, you can uh, go to school with all different kinds of friends. You can go to cool museums. You can see grown men shit in the street. <laughs> Cities are incredible. She wouldn't let up. She was so upset. And she, she wanted to know, was it a bad person? And I was like, I don't know, sweetie, that's not for me to decide. You know, sometimes people steal because they're drug addicted or they're poor or they just don't fucking like my face. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of reasons. And my niece said, well, I think Trump did it. <laughs> I said, that's correct. You're so smart. And she said, why? Why did Trump do it? Why did he break into your car? And I was like, he's a bad person. I can pretty much decide on that one. So my four-year-old niece is now growing up in Oakland, California, convinced that all the crime in her neighborhood is being committed by Trump himself. <laughs> I feel fucking great about it. I feel so good. I feel like the best aunt ever, and I hope that she hangs on to it a little bit too long, like those kids who believe in Santa Claus too old, you know? I like to imagine that, like, God forbid he gets a second term, I said, God forbid. I said, God forbid. God forbid he gets a second term. I want to imagine that my niece, around nine years old, is having a very awkward conversation at school with some kid who's like, hey, do you like Trump? And she's like, nah, he stole four cars in my neighborhood when I was in preschool. That guy sucks. Thank you guys so much. You've been wonderful. I'm Amy. Amy Miller, everybody. 
Make sure you check out our album on Kel Rockstars. It's, it's very hilarious. It's very hilarious. Did I say very hilarious to subdued? It's not like I need to say hilarious in a hilarious voice. That's too much. That would be annoying. I try to give her like a solemn, like a, a Charlie Rose version of like a very hilarious comedy album. Uh, <laughs> give it for Amy Miller once again, everybody. Fantastic. I'm going to bring up our next performer right away. She's a really good friend of mine. This is, it's actually her first time doing Put Your Hands Together, so give her a very warm welcome. Really hilarious human being. Put your hands together for the wonderful Steph Tolev, everybody. How are we? Whoa! I'm kidding. The water bit from before. I thought you guys would find that fun. If I came out and just ate shit immediately. Jesus Christ! Um, that's a fun entrance, right? My back! Um, right off the hop, break my whole spine. Real fun bit, huh? I'm not wearing this to be cute. I'm wearing it because mama gets hot in the summer. Gotta air out that puss, huh? Where my hot puss ladies at? Mama gets warm down there. Gotta let it breathe. You know what I'm talking about. I'm wearing shorts. You're all very alarmed up here. I'll show each and every one. I won't. That's very strange. This is already better than last night. I went on a Tinder date with a two-foot-two troll, and uh, that wasn't in the profile, weirdly enough. And uh, literally, 10 minutes into the conversation, he goes, I just got to be honest. I, uh, I don't find female comedians funny. And I was like, huh, huh. So I turned around and took a fake mustache out of my bag and put it on my face and turned back around didn't laugh. He wasn't lying. No, he doesn't find female comedians funny at all. Very bad date. I left very quickly. A lot of ladies uh, wearing chokers these days, the choker necklaces. I tried. Uh, literally choked me. Felt like there was long fingers around my neck. And I barfed. I was at the satellite. Cool place. Bit of a barf. Left it there. Got the fuck out. And uh, I realized it's because uh, I got a very strong neck for a woman. Very thick, very strong neck. Got my dad's neck, that's the problem here. Uh, got three really great qualities from my dad. Got his feet, got his neck, and I got his areolas. Found that out at the cottage last summer, so. You know, my dad, I'm like, why do those look, oh shit, they're my tits, that's why. That's why they look so familiar. Exact same areolas, perfect, perfectly round. Um, we're disgusting people, I'm Bulgarian means not who would are you bulgarian don't lie to me i think i'm the last one left if you are bulgarian we're fucking tonight you have no choice i'm gonna keep this race alive um none of you even know like i was i don't even know why i tell people i'm bulgarian i don't know a goddamn thing about the place like if you showed me a map right now you're like where is it i'd be like this map of the world middle of the blue thing the ocean yeah that's right bunch of hairy mermaids just surfaced one day and were like, breed with us. Not a lot of people do. A lot of arranged marriages, so very happy lives we lead. We're all disgusting. Everybody in my family sounds like a man. That's fun. And um, I'm scared that's what it's like in Bulgaria. Like, you go there, you're like, oh my God, who's who? And someone's just like, you gotta fuck to find out. You're like, Jesus Christ! I want no part of this right now. I don't know why we came here for a vacation. We're leaving. Disgusting people. We have uh, 
fun game my family and I play every time I go home for the holidays called Who Can Eat the Most? <laughs> and uh, I don't want to brag, but I win every time. And uh, whatever, this Christmas, sixth place, who's counting me? I'm the winner. And um, after dinner, I'm playing uh, Cards Against Humanity with my cool Mormon cousins. I'm playing the Queef card. They don't get it, but it's fun for me. And uh, there's this gingerbread house sitting on the table untouched. I'm picking at it. I'm grazing. Make them away down the right half of the roof. I'm not going to waste it, rude, on the way to the back door. And, uh, and Virginia pipes up and goes, Stephanie, are you eating that? I'm like, well, Virginia, I've already polished off half the estate. Yes, I am. She goes, yeah. Yeah, that's two years old. And just a decoration. I was eating adhesive for 45 minutes and didn't fucking notice. Like, the Smarties are kind of hard. The glue wouldn't go down. Um, Tricky, you've had enough, give it back. Peels out of my dead hands. Takes it outside, she lives in the ravine. She's like, don't worry, a lot of wildlife back there. They'll take care of it. Text me a photo of it 24 hours later, untouched. Not even the animals took to it. Like a raccoon walked by, was like, oh, that's garbage. That's actual trash. Come on, kids, we'll eat our own shit one more night. We're not going out like this. I eat trash. Um, gross. Uh, moved here from Toronto, and the second I moved here, I was like, oh, I'm the fattest woman in Los Angeles. Because um, <laughs> the guy on Tinder told me I was, and uh, real nice guy. And um, I, uh, I tried looking up like, how to lose weight fast. So I uh, did the cabbage soup diet. You ladies heard of this before? Just lose 10 pounds. One lunatic's like, oh yeah, I invented that. That was me. Um, you make this bullshit cabbage soup. It's, like, it's pretty much like filling a tub with hot water, tossing a cabbage and stirring it about. It's gross. Eat as much soup as you want. Day three, breakfast soup. Nobody wants breakfast soup. Breakfast soup, not going down the hole. I'll tell you that right now. But day four, this is where they get you. They're like, guess what? You can have as many bananas as you want. I'm like, oh really, cabbage soup? Is this a dare? I ate 12 bananas in one day. Two bunches of bananas to myself in 10 hours. I didn't shit for two goddamn weeks. I gained 10 goddamn pounds in the diet. But when I did shit, 12 exact bananas came out of my asshole. Felt good, felt good. Good, clean wipes. Um, I'll, give, I'll leave you guys with one gross tip, bitty top. Um, if you ever go to Toronto on a first date, don't go to Ripley's Aquarium. I'll tell you why. Uh, it's this really fun thing you can do where you can get on a scale and weigh yourself and see how much you'll be worth as a tuna. <laughs> I'm not making this up. This is real. Uh, so like a gentleman, I let Buddy Boy hop on the scale first. He gets on. He's like $600 worth of tuna. I'm like, ew. Oh my God, yuck. I'm going to be 100 maybe. <laughs> I'm really different on dates. Um, so I saunter my huge neck over to the scale. Hop on. $2,000 worth of tuna. No one wants to fuck $2,000 worth of tuna. I mean, it's a good haul, sure. I'm sure the fishermen are celebrating. Oh, yeah. Gonna feed a bunch of families. 
Nobody wants a big wet fish like, you come yet? I've never seen a fish before. Thanks so much, guys. Wow. Steph Tolliv, everybody. Oh, my God. Add her on everything. She's, just, she's so funny, so routinely great on everything. Give it up. You, you know what? I'm sorry. Give it up again for Steph Tolliv. So funny. So funny. <laughs> Hold on there. What is it? I'm, I'm, jo- I'm joking. You can have your moment. It's okay. I'm like a waiter. You don't have to stop when I'm up here. I'm just, you know, enjoy your meal. You know, however you gotta do it. You know, just talk shit fr- right to me. Oh, okay. Oh, the food's not good. I'm right here. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. You guys are all just, you're enjoying it. I can tell. It's wonderful. It's just so nice. It's just so nice. Mm. Mm. Me belly full. Um, I'm going to bring up our next performer. I really, I just love this guy. I haven't got to do stand-up with him in a while, so I'm really excited to see him tonight. Put your hands together for Michael Palisak, everybody. Oh. Thank you, Paul. I didn't know he kept track. Uh, often we do. I like to get a laugh from the host as he walks away. <laughs> we all have goals. Some of them are more important. Um... I had to go to a funeral a while ago, and a couple days before, my aunt texted me, and she asked me to do a reading at the funeral, and I was honored. I said yes, and then the next day, she texted me. She was like, oh, we don't need you to do the reading anymore. <laughs> Is grandma alive now? <laughs> she said a lot of rosaries. <laughs> who, who called in a favor? <laughs> that wasn't the case. They, uh, they asked somebody else to do it. Basically, they asked me to do it. They found out I could do it. And they're like, well, let's see who else is out there. (laughs) And then they found somebody. They found her goddaughter to do it. And then they're like, ah, we're going to not do it with Michael. (laughs) Which, it does make it easier to, like, explain my parents, like, what I do for a job, you know? They're like, oh, how's L.A.? Well, I got offered this show. And then the next day they told me that they went with somebody else. (laughs) You know how grandma's funeral and I'm supposed to do a reading? I have a girlfriend, uh, she has narcolepsy. She went to a psychiatrist for narcolepsy, and the psychiatrist told her that she might also have bipolar. And she was like, Michael, I don't think I have bipolar. Yeah, it's tripolar, at least. Uh, (laughs) It's a rainbow of polars. Her name's Sam. She's very thorough. She filled out, she got this Google Doc together. She wanted me to fill out this Google Doc. She was like, Michael, why don't you fill out this Google Doc every day and rate my mood from one to five to determine whether I need to be on certain medication. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like a trap. <laughs> I don't know a lot about bipolar people, but I don't think they take ones very well. <laughs> he thinks I was a one. He hasn't even seen one yet. He's going to regret the day he learned about integers. It's 2017. I don't feel comfortable putting a number next to a woman in any facet. Like, even if I was an Olympic judge, I would just be like, very good. (laughs) The United States judge says, very good. (laughs) 
You nailed that landing. I'm glad that you smiled, but you didn't have to. The American judge thinks it's fine if you don't smile or do smile. Brazil thinks differently. Bipolar is a mental illness, and that is what I'm making fun of. Uh, I'll be really clear. They say a mental illness is like a physical illness. It's just like in your brain, like you're not responsible. You just have to treat it. It'd be like spraining your ankle. The only difference is, is like if you sprain your ankle, you're like limp around and your friend will help you out. But like bipolar would be like if you sprain your ankle and then your friend went to help you and you just like kicked him in his ankle. <laughs> and then he started limping and then you kicked the other ankle. And then he was on the ground and you're like, what's wrong? I'm fine now. We went to a wedding a couple weeks ago in the Caribbean. My cousin got married there. It was pretty cool. I was, my older brother didn't go. I was the only one of uh, my, my brothers that went. My older brother said it was too expensive. He has kids. My older brother's a lawyer, though. <laughs> and his wife is a physical therapist. <laughs> and they didn't go. I'm a comedian. <laughs> and my girlfriend doesn't work all the time. <laughs> and we went. That's how much kids cost. <laughs> Lawyer plus physical therapist plus two kids equals comedian plus temp. <laughs> I'm not saying kids aren't worth it. I'm just saying they cost more than they're worth. They say being a parent is a full-time job, but it seems more like a horrible unpaid internship <laughs> where you bring your boss lunch and half the time he just throws it on the ground. <laughs> and you're like, but you like this. <laughs> I would never accept that as a job in an interview. They're like, do you want a full-time job? Yeah, what does it pay? Uh, no. Uh, it costs you. <laughs> Yeah, and you have to do it for 18 years. Or you could go to jail. What if I don't want to do it for 18 years? Well, you could fake your own death. What do I get out of it? You get judged for asking that question. What do you, you get love, okay? For 13 years. 10 to 13 years. And then you get judged and resented for five to 10 years. And then you get love again based on how much money you give them. That's what you get out of it. My friends, I grew up in Indiana. My friends became parents. And it's weird seeing that transition from like couple, happy couple to like parents. Like I'm sure on the outside, on the inside there's a lot of joy, but on the outside I'm just like, what happened? It's like a makeover commercial, but reverse. <laughs> Like, you're after, but you look before. <laughs> it's like, how do you know when to go to the doctor? Because you look sick every day. <laughs> I feel like every baby is a mistake eventually. Like, <laughs> I just don't see myself waking up at 3 a.m. for someone who's crying. That's not me. I, I don't know. I think you just have to do too much for kids. Like, there used to not even be kids. There were, there were, there were new people, but they weren't kids. They were smaller farmers. <laughs> right? 
There was a coal mine somewhere. They're like, we can't fit back in there, put this dynamite. And their boss is like, all right, tomorrow's bring your kid to work day. <laughs> all right, thanks everybody. Enjoy the rest of your show. a prank show up here. Michael Palisag, everybody. Give her a Michael. He gave me a hard time when I got off stage, so I thought I'd, I'd trick him and just not quite be there for him when he got off. And that's the kind of fucking head games you gotta play as a comedy host, you know? You gotta let people know. Don't, don't think I'm friendly to everybody, you know what I mean? Mind games are coming. Uh, you know, y'all want for a real special treat. I'm excited to bring up our next performer. Uh, he's got a comedy special coming out called Meticulously Ridiculous. Putting it together for the hilarious T.J. Miller, everybody. <laughs> T.J. Miller, everybody. Oh, isn't that, isn't that nice? That's not going to be on the podcast, so those other schmucks at home, they're never going to hear any of that shit. <laughs> Like you guys are on the set of entertainment tonight you're getting all the backstage gossip oh i love that shit Ooh, i love that i'm always gonna be that little boy just oh man uh that reminds me um i'm so excited for uh oh give her a tj one more time check out meticulous and ridiculous let's come on hbo wrestling I'm gonna do a really old, a really old joke for you. It's so old, it's there's, <clears throat> there's no way it's gonna go well, but I'm gonna do it for you, because isn't that what it's all about? It's not, you guys excited for the new Baywatch movie? <laughs> Very old joke, right? You guys excited about <laughs> the new Baywatch movie? <laughs> I loved, uh, I loved. Okay, here it goes. Here's the old. Joke. <clears throat> so, what a stupid buildup. What a stupid way to set up a joke, right? There's no way it's going well. <laughs> All right. Uh, I grew up watching Baywatch, the original Baywatch, and uh, anybody that's my age now, I can I've got a magic trick that just works on guys in their mid thirties. Is I can give any guy in their mid thirties a boner without ever touching them. Some people stand in the darkness, afraid to say be too light. Some people need to help somebody I don't know what he says there. <laughs> All right, that was, that was actually a good enough laugh. I'm going to stop singing there. I figured I had to bring you back a terror. It, it didn't work then either. It was never, it was never a great bit. Um, you know, because different people uh, jerk off to different things, right? So it's like not everybody had the same, wow, did I reveal too much? Cut that from the podcast. That part's a, it's part of TJ's set. That's not going on either. Also behind the scenes. Mm, you guys having a great time? <laughs> Me too. Me too. Thanks. Uh, I'm excited to bring up our next performer. He's a good pal of mine. He's uh, super duper hilarious. He's got a new show coming out on uh, on Showtime. Uh, in just a couple weeks, you're going to check him out there. It's called I'm Dying Up Here. You're going to see him up here tonight, killing, put it together for Andrew Santino, everybody. <laughs> Andrew Santino, everybody. Make sure you check it out. Check out I'm Dying Up Here. 
right up front. I guess there's no other way to go. You can't. I was going to be like, oh, what? Oh, yeah. She, what do you do? Go through the office? That's weird. That's really weird. That's, oh. <laughs> now, it's, now it's a thing. Who's next? No, I'm joking. Uh, Andrew Santino, everybody. Give her a hand. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at that time. I'm excited to bring you our final performer of the night. And you are for a very special treat. She's got a show uh, next Monday at the Improv. So if you love her here tonight, go check her out next week. Put your hands together for the fantastic Lydia Popovich, everybody. me feel safe. Love that. Love that. Stand up so crazy. This is a weird thing to do as a human. To wander into a room full of strangers, just look at you guys and just be like, like me, are you into it? You know, like that's what we do. But I love it. But sometimes different things happen. (laughs) Sometimes you have experiences you just savor. You know, I recently had an experience like that in Portland, Oregon. Has anybody ever been to Portland, Oregon? All right. Uh, Those of you who have not, maybe you have seen the documentary Portlandia. Uh, I have phrased it that way specifically as a documentary because it is real. That is the quirkiest place in the United States. Uh, Everything comes in a canvas bag. Beards are made of plaid. You know, you walk into a restaurant and they're like, did you bring your own place setting? And you're like, it's a restaurant. No. And they're like, it's fine, you can use our communal gourd setting. You're like, what the <laughs> Everyone wants to live in a tiny house there. You guys familiar with tiny houses? I don't, this makes no sense to me. If you've never heard of a tiny house, it's basically the concept that somebody wants to move from like a regular sized person home into a human diorama. <laughs> they're like, I just want to live in like a 300 square foot box. I want my children to live in drawers like Japanese businessmen. I want everything just to fold down. I want to shit in a bucket. I just want to, you know, I want to just be closer to my family. <laughs> uh, which makes no sense to me because I come from very poor people. So my whole life's goal is just to live in a house that's so big. I need a legend to remind me which bathroom I have not taken a shit in yet. Like. <laughs> tiny house what are you talking about what's happening here Portland Uh, I did my show in a bike shop at night that was repairing bikes in the snow that's right so I was like why are we repairing bikes at night it's snowing like where do you people have to go tomorrow there's no reward for being this white you know what I mean like there's not you know like I'm the whitest look at me I'm in the snow like it's not a thing Uh, great show though had amazing time. After my set, a gentleman came up to me and started chatting with me, uh, and it dawned on me very quickly that he was hitting on me, and I was shocked. And I want to stop and say it's not because I don't find myself attractive, because fucking duh. <laughs> like, I'm a very confident bitch. Like, I like to tell people that my confidence level is Jolene. Like, I will steal your man. <laughs> just because I can, okay? That's just where I'm at with my confidence. Like, I just get bored, and I'm like, you, let's do this, okay? <laughs> you know? But I was shocked because I'm a female comic. And female comics do not get hit on after we perform. Male comics, sure. A male comic can tell you two barely crafted jokes and then just fart endlessly into a microphone for five minutes. And there will absolutely be some wayward, confused woman on the side of that stage after his set like, you are an incredible artist. You're just, you're just, it's like very Kaufman-esque. Like, I just want to live inside you. Can I just, you know? Like, that will happen to a man. But a woman? Forget about it. At best... All we get is some creep with too much where's my hug energy, you know, coming at us. 
optic first. It's like, hey, what's up? Let me get a hug. Where's my hug at? Let me get a hug. You're amazing. You're amazing. You know? You get slowly gloped in a corner, just hope you can make it to your car safe. Like, but this guy, using complete sentences, looking at my face, you know, using verbs and prepositions and shit, like actually talking to me. And I'm like, I'm going to make this happen. So I look at this guy and I'm like, what's your name? And he goes, Carl. And I was like, hey, Carl. What do you do? What's your job? You know, tell me about Carl. He goes, oh, I'm glad you asked. I, uh, an entrepreneur of sorts. I uh, gorilla harvest figs and make jam. <laughs> Somebody over there said, what? <laughs> and you're right, man. What? <laughs> this dude told me his job was gorilla harvesting figs to make jam. Number one, gorilla harvesting. The fuck are you talking about? You can't just throw that phrase out casually like I'm supposed to understand what that means. Gorilla harvesting. What? What that sounds like to me, sir, is that you're a thief. It sounds like you're wandering around your neighborhood at night. You're climbing into yards that are not yours. You're gathering up fruit and you're stealing it. There is nothing revolutionary about that act unless there's a real gorilla involved, in which case, let's keep talking. Uh, you are not a revolutionary. That is not a gorilla act, all right? Number two, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, I didn't even know what a fig looked like outside of a Newton until uh, <laughs> I was like 26, you know? This guy knows what a fig looks like in a wild, which leads me to number three. Why are there so many figs in Portland? There are so many loose figs in Portland that this dude with like a rare knowledge of obscure fruit can go around and wander around neighborhoods at night and gather up enough of them confidently so that he can come up to me, a fully actualized, beautiful, adult, talented woman after a show and tell me to my face that he feels like he can substantiate a life for the both of us based on the economy of fucking jam? Is that what's happening, people? I don't even know if this jam is clean. Like... Which leads me to some more thoughts, which is, ladies, feminism is working. <laughs> Men finally feel comfortable being vulnerable enough to tell us to our face that they make jam for a living. <laughs> to what I would just like to ask us to slow this movement down. <laughs> just slow this shit down, because I do not want rape culture, okay? Don't get me wrong, I don't want that. But I don't want fucking jam! <laughs> You know, I just want someone in between, like preferably someone who like recognizes my like intelligence and beauty as an independent woman and just like has a big dick and takes out all of the trash. Like that's just <laughs> where I'm at. Like, it's true. I can't really consider myself a feminist anymore because I just don't have it in me. I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> I'm officially middle-aged. Middle-aged! I'm in the middle. I'm not a young woman anymore. I'm not an old woman yet. Middle-aged. A lot of people find that depressing, but I am excited by it because it means I'm not a young woman anymore. You could not pay me to be young anymore. Young women are the fucking worst. <laughs> you are, and if you're here, I just need you to listen up, all right? You guys talk too much. You talk too much, you think you know everything, you make bad decisions like tattooing whole sentences across your chest, like nothing's gonna happen in the future, all right? You're waddling around in clothes that are made for two-year-olds. Get an outfit that works, get some pants, get a dress, get a skirt, like get something with more than one zipper on it that covers your body, all right? Here's the other thing. Young women think that you can resolve personality disorders with bisexuality or weight loss, and the truth is you gotta do the work. 
All right, you just gotta do the work and I know that's hard to hear. But take it from me, I'm a middle-aged woman. I can't wait to be old, I really can't. Like if I could press a button tomorrow and be 70, bam! I would press that shit. Old people are the best. I don't trust anyone when they're like, I don't like old people. They're mean. I'm like, you know what? You know why they're mean? Because they've seen some shit. You respect them. You sit down and you do whatever you want. Like, I just can't wait to be 70 years old. Just be a 70-year-old woman. Old women are the absolute best because they give no fucks. They don't give a shit. When I turn 70, that means I can just wear caftans all the time. I can wear all of my jewelry at once. I can wander around aimlessly just like gray hair flowing, smoking a joint in my apartment complex with one tit out. You know what I mean? Like, just wandering around confused, wagging it at strangers like it's an accident, but it's not. Not. You know, it is not an accident. Just smoking, saying inappropriate shit, and when anybody just stops long enough to listen, I just give them some whole story, and I'm like, I used to be a dancer, you know? Like, <sighs> just want to be old, you guys. It's such a beautiful thing. I'm going to leave you with a closing sentiment. Uh, I have what some people may refer to as an unhealthy obsession with Miss Dolly Parton. Uh, <laughs> It's true. Uh, Dolly Parton is a living American hero. If you do not understand and respect her works, you go out and you listen to Jolene and try not to cry, okay? (laughs) Now, fun fact about that song. Uh, Dolly Parton wrote, I will always love you and Jolene on the same day. The same day. I will always love you and Jolene on the same day. Can you imagine writing two of your greatest life's work on the same day? Yeah. Think about that next time you think you accomplish something. <laughs> you haven't done shit with your life. Find a dream. <laughs> My name is Lydia Popovich. Thank you very much. Give it up for Lydia Popovich, everybody. Give it up for all the comedians you saw tonight. Andrew Santino. T.J. Miller, sorry podcast listeners, you missed out on that one. Amy Miller, Michael Palasak, my girl Steph Tolov, and of course me, Paul Dinky. Wow. Wow, did I do a good job tonight. Fuck. I was nervous when I got here, can you believe it? Turned it on big time for you. Very happy with how it turned out. I think you guys were a great crowd. Thanks for coming out. Get home safely. Uh, check this. Uh, check the podcast out too. You, maybe, you'll even, maybe you'll even hear your own laugh. Creepy. <laughs> Nobody wants that. <laughs> it sounds worse than you remember it. Uh, that's all I can tell you. Thanks very much. I'm Paul Dickey. Have a great night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Hey, 
this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> Ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.